Amy Stern. And I'm J.D. Cargill. And I'm Michelle Arego. And this, this is, is Friends of and then We are three best friends who met over two decades ago in the local news scene and thought, what better way to keep our friendship strong and also ex- share this healing message of friendship with people in their midlife than to have a wonderful podcast together with our friends. That's right. We have different opinions, but we always approach the subject with honor and love and support and humility, but especially lots of humor. We want you to get through this journey we call midlife together, and perhaps you take away some tips and some hacks and enjoy the ride with us, because we are Midlife AF and Philosophy AH. We are Friends of and then Ooh, there's our favorite cockadoodle-doo. <laughs> hey, 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 guys. Okay, this, you know what? Uh, we always have fun. We mm. always laugh. And, and that is the beauty of us. And even through pain, we can <laughs> we find laughter. We so ourselves. Yeah. But even in pain, you must find laughter. And um, But we had a few weeks where we weren't mm-hmm. laughing. We were, a lot of us were crying. That's right. And one of our friends, our dear Michelle buddy, went down with the COVID and mm. it was not pretty and it was scary. So we want to really talk about her experience and how friendship helped her get through that totally, and 100%. some of the incredible support team that she had around her during that time, which you, anyone needs because COVID is a very lonely disease. Mm-hmm. So today we have a very special guest. Yeah, very oh, special guest. Am I a guest now? Oh, well, Michelle, you're subject. You're always a guest as our center square here in Hollywood Square. Um, but you, why don't you introduce our guest because you obviously have the most intimate relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, um, so Amy Ostick and I are actually cul-de-sac neighbors. She's a doctor. She's a family practitioner. And just recently... Uh, last summer, I believe, took uh, her own pivot and created her own direct primary care. Okay, something fell. Don't be afraid, kids. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. Mindy being silly. And um, so what happened is that she turned to, you know, a new modern format of, of doing medicine, which is much needed in this crazy time with health insurance and everything. So she really rolled the dice and believed in herself. And I just had so much pride in hearing about her story and her journey. And um, I had insurance already with my um, policy. And so, yeah, just as things changed and then COVID happened, I had a doctor, but I literally had only seen a family practitioner once a general practitioner. I usually saw my OBGYN for everything and then her practice got purchased out. So I I was in medical limbo. And then with COVID, everybody sort of have medically isolated for a year, which I'm guilty, haven't had a mammogram in three years, haven't had a colonoscopy and I'm 49. But I'm medically isolated. So along comes COVID and I turned to Amy a lot as just a friend to go, Holy crap, obviously a very professional friend. Good to have a doctor in your Rolodex. And I would just, you know, she's like, don't you have a doctor? I'm sure. But I was like, you know, I just don't know him. And I would, I just really value your opinion. And as a woman too, like how, you know, I just, she's a wealth of information. Her name is Amy Ostick. She has a private practice in Woodland Hills called Health and Healing DPC, which stands for Direct Primary Care. Let's welcome her. Yes. Dr. Amy Dr. Ostick. Dr. Amy Ostick. Welcome to Friends and Then Some. Sorry for your long intro, but, you know, very educated, very beautiful, <laughs> well overachiever, galore, mm-hmm. has three beautiful children. Powerful woman. And her husband is an ER physician who also was a part of the story in the beginning uh, of me 
you know, of you forcing me, you guys, um, and the realization that it was pastime. Um, they called it um, right simultaneously when you guys were doing the frog in the water story. So, Amy, <laughs> thank you for coming on with us. Yay, thank welcome, Amy. Thank you for taking time between patients. <laughs> so how bad was Michelle? Sure. I mean, so I think in response to what Michelle was talking about in terms of medical isolation, I think that was a very common thing theme I was seeing through this pandemic or that not only that where people did not have relationships established with primary care, but now they had a hard time or had, you know, were afraid to go see their primary care doctor and to reach out for COVID and non-COVID related issues because of this fear of this sort of contagion with person to person contact. So what I saw in my practice was this really big spike in, in people wanting to establish a relationship with somebody that they trust, they could call, um, they could access virtually, especially if they needed to, to not only talk about health maintenance and, and preventative primary care, but also uh, all things COVID. So, you know, certainly symptom management, but also screening, quarantine guidelines, everything else. So um, I think a big push for primary care, you know, a lot of literature is out there about when people have a relationship with a primary care doctor, they live longer. They have healthier, more fruitful lives. 100%. They did studies in the Northeast where they looked at regions that had a high rate of specialty organized care and then uh, versus regions that were more primary, primary care focused. And those people that had good relationships to tap into with a primary care doctor had longer, not only longer lives, but longer quality lives. So those last two years of life were, were more fruitful. So that is a big plug for, for most people to get out there and to, to establish a relationship. And Michelle had a typical relationship with a primary care doctor in a busy practice, couldn't get a hold of him when he, you know, when she needed him, had long waits for in-person visits, you know, before COVID, a lot of um, visits were fee-for-service based on in-person visits. So COVID pushed us in the 21st century where they're starting to reimburse for telemedicine visits. But prior to that, you had to be in the doctor's office in order for that doctor to treat you or diagnose you. So anyway, it was hard for her to get a hold of her primary care doctor. So, you know, I'm always careful about compartmentalizing personal and professional relationships. And, and I'm glad that Michelle felt comfortable enough to reach out to me Um But what happened was, you know, she'd made it so long with being very careful about respecting all the guidelines and mask wearing, et cetera. And then, you know, January um, was when her family was hit with COVID and she was sort of followed a very typical storyline for people who get severe disease from COVID. So their first week is usually okay, kind of milder symptoms, maybe some low-grade fever. And then mid to that second week, they kind of start to decompensate a little bit with their from a pulmonary standpoint. And so we were monitoring her with her oxygen level. And um, once that started to dip down, you know, that's when I was saying, you got to call your doctor, call your doctor. And then finally, it was just, you know, my husband who's an ER doctor who was seeing a lot of severe COVID he and I both encouraged her. She needs to, you know, we called to a local ER where he has a relationship and I'm on staff, you know, to get to that ER right away. And then she started that uh, very scary uh, course of being hospitalized with COVID um, where, you know, there's a lot of ways it can go. And she's so fortunate in the sense that 
we knew so much more about the disease and how to manage it in the hospital than we did a year ago. And so she got right on all the right medications, you know, right away, remdesivir. Um, and uh, she, what else you got? You got I think you got antibodies. I got the plasma convalescent antibodies. Antibody, yeah, antibodies. I think you got, you got Decadron, obviously steroids. So uh, got the right care and was able to, you know, make a good uh, outcome that way as, as a lot of people are not. So she's very lucky, but it was very scary. Doctor, um, doctor I, I, so. I want to call you doctor. <laughs> uh, you know, I think a lot of people go now into the hospital and are administered these particular um, cocktails of medicine. But do you find that Michelle had a different approach than many other people? Because I think mindset plays a very important role in your healing process. And can you tell us what you saw in Michelle's mindset going through this versus what you've seen? I mean, she is, uh, she has a fighter spirit. I mean, she's a single mom of two incredible boys and has like, those are two are her like shining lights. So I think she just will not let things take her down. And I've had many conversations with her before pre COVID about all things in life, about marriage and family. And um, she's a very spiritual, optimistic person has a good sort of uh, obviously an incredible friend uh, support circle around her. I, I literally several friends texted me through this whole <laughs> You should send a bill to all the group. Yeah. We'll split I don't the even know how they got your number. That's what uh, you? I, I, no, yeah. I think Mike gave you guys. No, you <laughs> did. She was probably in a Decadron haze. She I gave it to saying. me. Sorry. You shouldn't have given it to her because she gave everybody no. your number. I, I think she put it on the internet. This is a unique experience for you, Amy. I mean, my God. Well, I, what, what about the aftermath? I love that you're talking about this because I, I want to control my emotions um, because you mentioned my boys and I was like, okay, I'm feeling the waterworks here. You mentioned my boys. Your boys like, were amazing. I mean, how important is the support network around a patient? Because these, the these boys stepped up in ways Holy, that well, were- she saw it first, front lines. Mm -hmm. she, they're she they're incredible boys. Like I mean, they have- um, a level of maturity that I'm oh, sorry. No. This is my mother-in-law. I apologize. <laughs> didn't get the memo. Of course the mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, they already had a significant level of maturity, I think through other processes in their life and getting, just having to deal with real life scenarios that this, they, you know, they, they were they ready it. for a real world experience like this for in some level, right. They're still young and they still, you know, or have a, you know, nine and 11 or 13 year old brains. So they can only understand things to a certain level, but they definitely leveled up um, and were able, were given the freedom to talk about their, their emotional experience and how they were feeling. And, and, and so it wasn't like, I think they felt like they had to be strong, but I also think there was a lot of transparency too with, with all of that as well. So I think that led, that led to a really healthy kind of recovery. I, I think for sure with um, children, everybody has different parenting styles. And you're right, you know, I think um, the divorce uh, for me catapulted um, in positive ways opportunities to bring in um, therapy for the boys at an early age where if we hadn't gone through a divorce, I wouldn't have gotten the boys therapy. And then 
shortly into that, um, we found that their topics of conversation with a therapist wasn't really about the divorce. It was about, you know, my younger son had a bully for two years that was really prominent and, and, yeah. and, and hurt his schooling experience. And so that became a, a topic of conversation. And so getting kids that coping mechanism and learning how to have language behind feelings. And I mean, I, I feel blessed in that way that at five and seven, they got those tools, right? Emotional yeah. connection tools that kids usually are in sort of a protective bubble that us parents do a disservice for. Remember in Title Mania, he said the worst mistake parents do is protect their Shelter children protect. instead of prepare. He, I mean, it's, I'll never forget protect versus prepare. And that mm -hmm. rings in my head. And I was really like, well, how can I shelter them from this? Their mom's you know, dying in a hospital. And when I came home, who knew, as you can talk about, the aftermath was so severe. We almost called 911 uh, at least four to seven times. Amy was there and one time she's like, Soul, call 911. Get the, you know, oxygen machine up to six. Get the oximeter and do this, do that. And Soul's literally first time listening like he is in an emergency room. He's a PA. Triage <laughs> nurse. Like, as well as pause, you know, there mm -hmm. weren't moments where they sat back in a corner and watched, you know, scared. They were their mom in is it. Fearless. They were, there was less chaos in my house than any time in those good three week period where I was healing. Everyone knew the severity, even my pets. <laughs> um, but I'm so proud of them because I felt like it moved them from little boys to Young responsible men. young mm -hmm. men. And Amy, that aftermath is what I want to reach other people who don't really understand. When you get released out of the hospital, basically there's like a it's strict five-day regimen of drugs. And if you're not on a ventilator after that five day of them pumping all these drugs into you, then they send you home and they give you an oxygen machine. Like they, they would not release me until they knew that the oxygen machine was set up and the portable machine was fully charged. Mm -hmm. So when they came to pick me up at the hospital, they had a fully charged oxygen machine. So when I got out of the wheelchair, boom, they put it on me for the drive home. So they know what's going on with the lungs and that there's severe <clears throat> side effects thereafter. But nobody talked to me about the Decadrone <laughs> side effects. I don't and think a lot of people know about that because right. I had no idea until we found out about this kind of decadron. Well, you found out the hard way. Psychosis that occurs. That Psycho psychosis mania I was diagnosed with. Like, because, because you're up so much because the steroids keep you awake for days and days and days, right? Well, yeah. and it just opens is like this a normal? portal in your is this, brain. So this, this is a normal side effect of the drug for m multiple people? Yeah. We had no idea. Well, so here's... Getting to your point about the recovery phase, I mean, you think about the timing, you know, it, Michelle missed the real big surge by probably a couple of weeks, but think about what they're typically dealing with. I mean, they're dealing with such high utilization of hospital resources that they're really in this phase of like, once you're not acutely ill, you need to be home right. because you're taking Clear up out. a bed for yeah. the next COVID patient coming in. So like, that's kind of the mentality um, of just the, how they're trying to utilize and triage resources. So as soon as you meet criteria, you're not needing to be on high flow nasal can, uh, high flow oxygen, which is a more, which is kind of next level. You don't need to be monitored. You don't need IV medications. Okay. You can go home. And she was sent home on a, on a steroid regimen 
that we have learned definitely helps decrease your chance of dying from COVID um, and can decrease your length of stay in the hospital, but obviously it comes with untoward effects. Um, side effects, it's a very high dose, which we usually don't use. If you get steroids for a sinus infection, you're not getting this type of dose. Um, so this Decadron is given and it's given for like a 10 day period. And she was on, I think you were on the 10th or 9th day. Um, but mania is a, a state of a mental state where you're, you're sleepless, you're racing thoughts, you have tangential thinking, you have visions of grandeur. So you're talking in kind of big, high, you know, pride, you know, things, projects, ideas, um, pressured speech, like you can't get the words out, you know, yeah, fast enough family. or a, she, as much as you want to, um, you know. Yeah, it was, I mean, she wrote, yeah. she wrote a book, she wrote a screenplay, she wrote it, she solved all the world's problems. And I sat through a 45 minute conversation where she didn't breathe mm -hmm. and she just talked for 45 minutes. I was Straight. like, I mean, she's like, can I just have 10 minutes of your time? I have something really important to say. And then almost an hour later, I'm like, uh, wow. I mean, it was not Michelle. It was not what we, I mean, her brilliance was in there, but it wasn't Michelle in her right of mind. You know, that was a very kind of scary thing to see, you know, someone who I've always seen who has such a grasp on things mm -hmm. really just like flying. And it was, it, and Hi. maybe people I mean, need I to was, understand, like be yeah. prepared if they're going to go in the hospital. Right. If this does happen, people around you should be prepared. The families support Be prepared. System. This is that. And then another thing, bring headphones. I don't know. That was oh, a very I strange. I didn't bring AirPods to the like if on it, that sounds really minute, but the sounds in the hospital that you it's described like, were oh my God. just heart wrenching. Well, like a nightmare hellscape every night. It was um, like an insane asylum. I hate to say that. I don't want it to sound disrespectful to the hospital or there's how they terror, treat you. There's fear. There's illness. There's going so down the floors of the hallways. You recorded hallways. so much of it for yeah, us, and you I, have really documented it in such. And you shared it. Was it. So freaking unbelievable. I mm -hmm. felt like I was in a movie. And also I really thought I was going to die mm. not to, but I was like, well, you get to that. What place. am I going to do? If like, how are my parents going to retrieve my phone? If I give a last message mm. or how, mm. how can I tell my friends and family what I'm going through? So I documented like a war correspondent, but it was with <laughs> yeah. the intent of like, I have to put this out there because what if I don't make it tonight? And I did, I battled, you know, for, a couple nights before I went to the hospital and then a lot of night time. Afterward. And I, I say nighttime because it really does really kick, kick up at night. at night. And, and I didn't have the AirPods. It's not like when you go for, to give birth to a child and you have your cute little suitcase with your cute PJs and some it's an emergency situation. Like when you're I, it was a whirlwind. They were yelling at me to go to the hospital. Mike ran to your house to tell that, to tell you guys that I was at 105 fever and good lord and uh, you know dropping to like 7802s and you know this is a part of the story that I think could be really helpful to listeners because Mindy and I found ourselves in this world where we didn't know exactly how to convince our friend who we clearly knew was in danger that she was in danger she was telling us facts like Four oh, days I, with fever, five days with 102 above, and then it was 104. 100. I'm like, what? Right. Like, that's where, you know, at what point, Amy, Dr. Amy, would you say, 
it's time to call, go to the hospital. Like how many days? I mean, I don't, she wasn't really reaching because Michelle's always been strong. In. I've got this. I can get this. I can mm. get through anything. I'm, I'm taking care of right. everybody. I got kids. I don't want to scare anybody, but it was scary. Because you know, so. earlier we referenced a frog in the water. The and that's, frog. that's how we felt. Michelle was so in it that she couldn't see she was boiling. the forest for the trees. You know, she was so like, oh, I'm. Describe the analogy to everybody. So a frog, when it is put in a water pot and you slowly turn up the heat, it doesn't realize it's getting hot. And it just kind of gets comfortable in each heat until before you know it, it boils to death. Now, if you take a frog from out of the water and put it in boiling water, it'll jump right out. Right. So when you're in mm. it, you were boiling, you were slowly boiling and you don't even realize it. And right. that's what we saw in her. Like right. get your ass to the hospital mm -hmm. now. That's why we're so incredibly grateful to you, Dr. Amy, mm -hmm. because it was your stepping in mm -hmm. and from a medical perspective and a friend and neighbor perspective saying your friends are right. This is not right. You need to go get, you, you, you need more help. And then she, and then she believed it. And then she got the help and it was, yeah. thank God. Yeah. Wow. Thank well, you. also it's, it's that single mom syndrome. And I actually had a discussion years ago with another physician where he talked about a high tolerance for pain is not a good thing in the medical world. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want a hypochondriac, but you don't want someone who's always like, I got it. I'm tough. I've got this. I'm going to pain is your you know, gift. Right. Yeah. Pain is a and gift. I've just been in this fighter mode, like you said, sort of. Keeping my head years, above yeah. water for four years in fighter survival mode. So when COVID came around, I was like, oh, cool. Everybody's now with me in the same boat because I've been drowning for years. That's what it felt like. And it felt like a lonely experience. And then everybody's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And I was like, well, welcome to I my boat. Much, you know, welcome I feel I know I'm familiar with this territory. But high tolerance for pain pushed me to actually the ER doctor said you could if you would have waited another day, none of this medication would have even mattered. Um, so that's so a big, uh, you know, everybody said you were a couple days behind. And then also I had false hope from my practitioner who prescribed me on Wednesday, uh, prednisone and a Z pack and said, take this by Friday. And that's the day that all three of us got pink eye. It was really a weird you side effect crazy of COVID. Side effects. We were just a mouth week, sores. And we were almost two weeks into it, but we were a week and a half into COVID. We all got pink eye. And then I started it, you know, my smell and taste went away. It was, I had severe back pain and, um, can't be me. It's not me. I don't know <laughs> well, how the audio, my audio Let's keep the show going. So anyway, <laughs> um, what, what was, he said, by Friday, you're going to feel better. Right. So I had the denial of, oh, I'm going to feel better Friday. And then I just kept getting grave. But I had this deadline, you know, of like, I'll be better Friday. I don't and think that's a good idea. And then things kept getting worse. And so anyway, I, I just, everyone has, this is what's unique about COVID. The, the spectrum of symptoms, the spectrum of severity. Um, but the hospital was, I think, the emotional uh, toll it took on me in the hospital because I'm an empathic person. And that's about a lot about what the book's about is when you're tuned into other people's emotions and what they're going through and their pain. And that's what she was talking about the AirPods. I didn't have any noise cancellation, anything. Nothing and I got superhuman ear hearing, which mm. I think is from the Steroids. Decadrone mm -hmm. and from also like yeah. heavily meditating and doing all these breathing exercises to get out of the attacks. I was just like in a zone a where zone. I was tapped into 
I yeah, mean, you feel I, I saw, everything. You were feeling. Talk about near death. I mean, I saw my grandmother who's on the other side. Mm. I saw other dimensions. I mean, that could be a combination of the drugs, but I do believe that it was, you know, near death experiences over a course of five days. So there were levels. And each night I would hear somebody's cries for their mother on the other side mm. and their coughs. And I knew their exact sound. And then the next day, I didn't hear it. Mm. And when the nurse would come in for a 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. rotation, um, I would say, hey, what the guy that's to the left, three doors down on the right, where is he? I don't hear his voice anymore. Mm-hmm. And she would just, you know, because medical's private, she would just give me a look. Mm. Mm. I said, did he die? Is he gone? And that happened a few nights Mm. where the sounds were shifting. And I just felt every every cough, the guy next door to me, 60 days he's been in that room. And every night his coughs were as violent as the next. And it hurt me. It physically hurt me. I was going through my own stuff. So going into the phone and FaceTiming with friends and FaceTiming with family and getting that connection because you are alone. And if you dive deep into that, I feel sorry for myself, how alone I am because you're zipped up literally in a room Mm -hmm. and they don't come running in like in the movies when you're coding, like when my air would drop and I would go through a breathing attack, nobody ran into the room. And I'm sure all that information's being funneled to some nursing station, but the whole Floors lighting up at the same time. And so the only time I could, you recognize patterns when you're super intelligent too. So I knew that they only were coming in when they were scheduled to give me the drugs, when they were scheduled to do my pressure check or my vitals. Nobody ever rushed in to go, oh my God, she's at 82 or she's at 74. I mean, this was happening in the hospital with being connected to oxygen on plasma antibodies. So I think people just... Of course you don't understand. I mean, they always say when you walk in someone's shoes, you can have an understanding. But it is so hard with COVID because everyone's experienced. Well, I just had, a, yeah. I just lost my smell for three weeks and I'm yeah, fine. Everybody's and it's different. sort of like, I don't know if like ego's involved and then all the, well, the people with pre existing conditions or the elderly. Well, you didn't have any, you know, any of that. It's all a farce because my kids got it before I did. And everybody thinks kids don't get it. Well, guess what? My kids got it before I did. And they suffered. They weren't like, oh, skipping and running. They had fatigue. They had fevers. They had mouth blisters. They had pink eye. I mean, it was a rough. So I was also in mommy mode while I had COVID. That was another reason why women. That's why you didn't want to go to the hospital. And I was worried it would traumatize them. It could be more traumatic if something bad happens. That's what we were trying to tell you. I, I just. Thank could not for, be more grateful for you and, and what you've done and, and what you continue to do. Her and her husband do videos. Um, they, um, they're they so engaging as physicians. It's wonderful to see a husband-wife team. And um, they have an incredible story. I suggest you guys follow them. Follow their Instagram. Um, well, her, her Instagram's Health and Healing DPC. Uh, you can also find Amy Ostick, uh, MD, and you'll find all of her other outlets and her you know facebook and everything but she has a facebook page for her dpc and she has a private practice like i said it's a modern uh medical uh 
lane she's moving in. She's a trailblazer. She and pivoted she's in, in a the time valley. So anyone in uh, in the Los Angeles area in the valley should really look into this. It's it's really like Thank the you. personal care. I'm looking into it. Thank I you. I want better care. Amy, I, Amy, you may just, you're on my speed text. Sorry. <laughs> thank you so I know. much. She's like, you can for, you block? Uh, thank you for and saving Amy, our friend. Thank friends. you for saving our friend's life because mm-hmm. truly it's not overstated. Like she wouldn't have gone to the hospital and you made her and she needed to. And thank you. And she's continuing to. She makes oh. me come. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. are now officially so in the friendsome. I'm so glad there were a lot of sleepless nights. You weren't the only one. I know a lot of friends and family were, you know, there were a lot of sleepless nights and I'm so glad you're doing better. And, um, yeah. Look at her back in studio. She's back in the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Amy. Thank Thank you so much for being being a friend. friend um, Thank you. Stay healthy and keep saving the world. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you know, one thing that Amy is, is, is a light herself. I mean, you can tell she is, uh, her and her husband are very involved in, in the church and, and spreading the good word and just Walking the walk or walk the talk, talk the walk, you know, walking the talk. Those kind of people you need in your circle. And we talk about how friendship changes your life and community and neighbors. So many people these days don't reach out or know any of their neighbors. Mm-hmm. I, and and I think I'm blessed to be you in have a beautiful neighborhood where you're already, yeah. you're all facing each other. Yeah. So it kind of forces like, hey, and you become a vigilante, like, well, you shouldn't be driving in here if you ain't in this neighborhood. I mean, it's a circle. Where right. are you going? Yeah. So you really no kind of get to know everyone in their business. Right. And I feel blessed because literally, okay, this is really odd. Seven doctors in my cul-de-sac. Seven? Seven doctors. Wow. And so they were all on a group text on their own. What's like Grey's Anatomy. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Grey's like Anatomy. Mayberry in LA. Versus really Desperate Housewives. You know, what I love about... <laughs> it is. I don't love any part of your journey through COVID except for the survivor story and also the way that you did it. Because not everybody had the meditation skills, the background mm. in um, like self-centering. Presence. And mm. a part of this was... You know, your your care came from the traditional medical community, like the hospital and like Dr. Amy, but it also came from I'm um, open a to holistic, the exactly, yep. and you mm-hmm. had more help along the way. Yeah, well, Satish is, um, was brought to me as a gift, and he is a gift, and I want to introduce him, but the story of, of how he came into my life is... After getting released from the hospital, a couple days into it, I decided I was strong enough to take a shower and you have to take your oxygen off. And I had a breathing attack in the shower, mm-hmm. which then I became paralyzed. And my boys and ex-husband had to break into the bathroom to save me. And they ran the oxygen machine in and, and got me out of the shower. It was a very, very traumatic experience. Even for my pets, my dog was shaking mm-hmm. at my feet. It was mm-hmm. terrifying. So when I told one of my girlfriends, Jessica Carol Marks, she's very much in that spirit world with me. We went on a journey um, through an enlightenment program, program three years ago, which, again, I attribute to my divorce. Mm-hmm. When you lose yourself in a mom identity and uh your career mm-hmm. or your your marriage, marriage everything, you know, yeah. you put your partner first, um, mm-hmm. you lose yourself. So I, I think the divorce as well in the sense where I was getting myself back. I was mm-hmm. on a journey 
And, and thank God, because that journey, I turned to meditation. I turned to breathing exercises. So I was equipped. And that's another part of the book. Like, I want to teach people how to breathe through those attacks. So anyway, Jessica said, I can't believe this has happened to you. I'm calling a healer. He's a Reiki healer. He's, he's my healer. And I want to introduce him to you. And he's going to do a phone uh, session with you. So Satish... Hi, hey. welcome to Friends of Mendensum, Satish. Everybody. What an honor to meet you. And thank you for saving our friend's life. Yes. Thank you, thank you. It's truly an honor. Oh. It is a combo, and JD, you're right. If you're open to combining Western medicine, which is necessary, it brought me back to life, but to also go the other spectrum of an Eastern medicine or spiritual medicine, connecting your mind and body and get through a healing uh, situation that was beyond your control by going to someone who is a Reiki healer can make all the difference. What do you do in your practice to help people or who turns to you? Do you have a myriad of clients or? Uh, yeah, my clients kind of, you know, they can be young uh, kids, like uh, maybe five, seven years old, four years old to like grownups, uh, maybe 90 year old people, you know, 80 year old people. So different age groups. And what I have done is I've divided like healing into nine basic levels, physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, financial, occupational, psychic, and karmic. So different people go through different challenges. And then we connect that with the life force. Like uh, we analyze like if healing is vibrancy, if healing is vitality, then what is actually vitality? Vitality is a breath. In India, we have a different word for uh, like breath. So breath is not just oxygen that our body breathes. There is a specific word. If you've done yoga, you know, it's called prana, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So prana is that we want to breathe in. So I teach people very specific ways of breathing so people can have more vitality people can have that more prana and so the basic idea is uh, oxygen is life force and carbon dioxide is death force so how do we demonstrate so like say for example this is my throat and i'm going to just breathe a little shallow breathing here in my throat right just a little breathing so if i just breathe in a little and breathe out a little. So I'm just breathing a little. Now, if I breathe deep in my belly, now we compare the outgoing breath, the outgoing breath from here, the outgoing breath from here. And you will find that the outgoing breath from the belly is a lot more. We released a lot more breath via the belly. And we breathe in oxygen and we breathe out carbon dioxide. Oxygen is life force and carbon dioxide is death force. So if I release very little carbon dioxide, that means a lot of carbon dioxide is held in my chest, in my lungs. And this is the foundation of all the problems. Satish, I think there's a new challenge presenting itself with everybody in masks because we're yeah. breathing that carbon dioxide immediately. Like we're breathing it out, but we're hooking it back in. How is How are you seeing that affecting people? Uh, that is truly a challenge. And, you know, my friend, uh, human beings uh, work around challenges, right? So it's like 
yes, mask, that is true, that uh, wearing the mask, you're going to breathe a little less or so. So there I feel you want to be a little more uh, aware that I would like to bring in a little more oxygen. And whenever, you know, you're not really, say, wearing masks, if you're not in public, if you're, say, in the privacy of your room, if you're in your home, uh, if, say, you're in your backyard where, you know... Or in you your can car, go. on your way home. I think driving is a great time. Right. Anywhere. So I think more than ever, your lessons are important. You know, wherever possible, you kind of bring in a little more oxygen. So the whole idea is bring a little more oxygen and let go a little more carbon dioxide. That's the basic idea. I think, you know, like I was saying, more than ever. I mean, we've always been told breathing is so crucial and important right. for a life force. And it's to, what saved me. It, sa yeah, it, it saves all of us. If we can just stop and take a breath at a stoplight or whatever. But I think more than ever, those exercises are crucial because we are so deprived of oxygen right now, wearing right. these masks everywhere, inside, all day, waitresses, people that have to wear masks all day. We're going to see a whole myriad of health problems right. on the, uh, after this if they're not, people aren't aren't really taking time to breathe deep and hold it and fill your lungs. Cause True. like you said, oxygen is life and carbon True. dioxide is not. And what we said were, were the three things that I feel that saved my life was my community, friends and family, right. my breathing techniques, like recognizing patterns and figuring out how to not make the breathing attack worse. Mm -hmm. And that's right. when people would lose their breath What's the instinct to gasp for more? Oh, yeah. And then you go into a full-blown panic attack. Yes. And that's what kills you is when you uh, Michelle, can I suggest like a technique for that? Yes, sure. yes please. please do. So, so say, for example, whenever that panic attack happens, right? So in my personal work as a healer, I personally feel like so many people, it's like the panic attack can be totally clear. All the traumas can be clear if people can just breathe in. So... What we do is we just relax, we make our spine straight, right? We make our spine straight and kind of relax our shoulders. So we remember four steps, slow, smooth, deep, and relaxed. So let's try to understand the meaning of these four words, because many times we hear the words that does not mean that we have really understood the meaning of it, right? So slow, no translation needed. I'm going to breathe slow. I'm not breathing fast. Yeah. Not taking deep breaths. Because that's, that's an instinct. That's a knee-jerk reaction slow. when you're panicking. Yeah. So slow, then smooth. I'm going to demonstrate something that is not smooth. Watch. I took this breath and you heard some noise through the nose, right? Yes. That is not smooth. So smooth breath means... There is no noise through the nose. So slow, smooth, deep means not shallow, not here. It has to go here, deep. And relaxed, meaning the shoulders don't move. So the shoulders don't go like this way. Shoulders are relaxed. It's good advice. It's conscious breathing. Yeah, I, like I it. love it. And Precious. conscious breathing is, is something that the respiratory therapists were you training me uh, as I was getting released from the hospital saying, Michelle, most people walk down the hall and then take a breath if they're exhausted or have need to take a breath. You right. are going to have to train your brain to take right. breath as you're walk, going. Right. Then stop then breathe, conscious, conscious breathing. breathing. And that I think is what saved my life. And the third thing was mindset. 
being an optimist, uh, mm-hmm. trying to find videos online um, that were playing to optimism and not going down. Not a, fear, a, not do, Dr. Not, Google. Yes, and not, Definitely not watching the so, news. So, no. you know, um, Ted Lasso was wonderful. Uh, RuPaul's um, masterclass was amazing. Um wonderful. Talking to friends and family and being finding funny in the tragic. Like I had a dry shampoo wig and I called my friend whose husband owns a hair salon. I was like, what do you think of this? You know, like really (laughs) embarrassing moments that you have to laugh at. You know, I I mean, I told called the girls or called everybody and said, oh, my God, you guys, I'm in the ER and I already peed all over a nurse. You know, I had (laughs) such a violent cough and she was changing me because I couldn't even change myself Mm. at the point of going in the ER. And I got she's putting a gown on me. I start having a breathing attack as she's got me naked and I literally full Mm. bladder peed all over her and it splashed all over the emergency room. Okay, that could be mortifying, right? But it's freaking funny, too. And I called all my friends. I'm like, hey, I haven't even been here an hour, and I already pissed all over the place. So, you know, you have to have a mindset of humor and optimism. And one thing that I was in a little why me moment, and when you're in a breathing attack, don't ask questions, don't have self-doubt, because that's when you die. But when I was in my healing session, which is I really wanted to talk to you about Satish, the one thing where he hit me to my core, I did have a why me moment with him. Mm. I was so emotionally broken two days after the hospital, just from all the empathic trauma. Um, I said, why me? Out of all the people in this outbreak, I'm the only one that was hospitalized and I'm the worst one who got it. I don't understand. I don't have any pre, you know, I was having a, Mm and he goes, oh, I can tell you. Why, why not you? Mm-hmm. It had to be you. I'm like, it had to be me? He goes, yes, because you're the communicator. Mm-hmm. You're a storyteller. Mm-hmm. People need to hear what you've gone through. And if it was grandma or a kid and they were the one hospitalized, it would fall it would just on, disappear. It would just disappear. You've and always so, been a storyteller that was, but it changed my, was a gift. It changed my perception of feeling bad to mm-hmm. going, oh, my God, this can turn into a Purpose? Absolutely. And so tell me about that moment, Satish. If you, I know you get channeled information. So it's these aren't his thoughts. When when you're in a deep healing session with Satish, he's channeling spirits. He's getting information downloads from another world. Mm-hmm. Correct? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's how it goes. Wow. Yeah, uh, that's powerful. Basically, basically what I uh, do inside my mind when I kind of uh, breathe and channel this is what I think. Uh, maybe you know the person has gone to the hospital, or maybe the person is having some challenges, whatever is going on. But my inner eye sees a perfection in that person. Like, what is the perfection of this person? What is the most perfect you know system of this person? That is what I see, and that perfection tells me that you know this person is shining light on the entire planet as if this person has such a big heart who can carry the entire universe in his or her heart. Mm. That's this girl right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, you just described our best friend. <laughs> she does carry everything in her heart. Can I ask you a question, Satish? Yeah. You, uh, just before you, we had uh, Dr. Amy on, which was her Western medicine doctor. And you right. know, from Western medicine, when they look at a situation where someone is under the weather or has COVID, they're looking for like, what are your vitals? What are your, you know, symptoms, they're looking for very specific sort of Western medicine 
um, benchmarks. From right. your position as a healer and a Reiki healer, what right. when you when you first are uh, coming into somebody who needs some healing, what are right. you looking for? You're not looking for blood pressure and stuff. Uh, no, I, that is not what I'm looking for. Right. So it's like actually, you know, whatever you look for, you're gonna find in life. True. You'll find what you're looking for. I've heard that. So it is like, say, for example, uh, you have a bottle. Say in the bottle, there is, you know, some medicine, right? And if your mind is hypnotized, your mind is so bombarded with this idea that this medicine is the thing, right? Then there is no idea about where is your strength? Where is your personal strength? Putting it all in the bottle. So it is like my work as a healer is if I can help you remember your personal strength, mm. if I can, uh, you know, help you remember there is something called in English, they have this word called your immunity, right? Mm -hmm. So it is like, just like, you know, well, sure, the, you know, medicines and all the doctors, whatever work they're doing, they're all good. And, you know, so many people need the medicine and they should take it and all that stuff is true. But at the same time, there is a strength hiding inside you. There is a power hiding inside of you. Uh, that power also needs to be remembered. So it is like, if I'm going to give the importance to this bottle or to this capsule or, you know, to this injection, uh, and if I totally forget who I am and where is my strength and where is my power, uh, then the immunity is much weaker. Right. So in the healing world, I would say that for my first question would be, let us get to the basics. So one of the basics would be, I would say, okay, my friend, how much are you sleeping? Okay. Not much so, for this girl. Wow. So if a person is not sleeping and, you know, today's culture, we have all this social media and, uh, you know, all the movies that are going on 24 seven and all kinds of channels and, you know, all kinds of things we have online and offline and all this stuff. So people have totally forgotten to sleep. So if I learn that this person does not really sleep well, I figure out, wow, their immunity cannot be good if their sleep is not good. No. Okay. Then second thing I would uh, be interested in is uh, that how much is the person breathing? So I would say, okay, let's relax. Place your hand on your heart somewhere and just check. Are you even breathing or have you forgotten to breathe? Mm. Right. And if you're breathing, are you breathing full or are you breathing very shallow? Right. So that is something I would do. Yeah. Then I would ask, you know, what are you eating like? Ah. Right. So just the common sense that if a person is eating too much crap, you know, the stomach is jammed up. If stomach is jammed up, the energy does not flow. And if energy does not flow, then kind of, you know, chest and other areas around the chest, there is this mucus that is formed, right? So kind of, you know, create some ideas with them that, hey, my friend, you know, maybe have some ginger tea or maybe, you know, eat some healthy, maybe have 
a little fruits and vegetables in your diet, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a lot of, uh, I think, in the battle for COVID yeah. was going back to self and, and empowering yourself and because there's no one else to turn to. You're in a room alone, and like I said, when I was having the breathing attacks, n- nobody ran in to see if I'm okay. You get through it yourself. So if you question or have that self-doubt, you really, like you told me in our healing session, you are the life force. Mm-hmm. And I, it just makes me want to cry because are. we lose we ourselves <laughs> in our midlife and we forget our own power and we do turn to the outside. God, what do I do? Or, oh, let me watch this show and, and, and be totally escaping. Michelle, 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 okay. Now try to repeat that same sentence. What do I do? Just try to repeat it again. What do I do? Okay, freeze. Where is your breath? In your throat. Mm-hmm. See, you, you notice that if you notice that wherever your breath has become shallow, those are the points of weakness. Mm-hmm. Mm, so true. It's like to find strength in your body, your breath has to go deeper. If this Rise wisdom started, you got, got the ideas. Well, I, Satish, you are just... Wow. Uh, meeting you over the phone. Now, mm-hmm. you would think that's a very non-intimate Outside, moment. Right. Um, we were probably supposed to have a 30-minute session, to be honest with you. We talked for two hours. <laughs> you can see this girl's light, can't you? And at the very end, it. we found out we were both Libras. <gasps> and we made a connection. We were like, when this is over, we're going to party for our 50th. And we're going to have <laughs> the best time. And our birthdays, we're going to celebrate together. But he breaks that... <laughs> He broke through. He was in the room with me. And for anyone out there who's struggling or not struggling or just needs to check yourself. Yeah, have a new perspective. He offers you a new perspective. He offers a new perspective. I would say subscribe to it, get a book about it, or reach out to someone. Um, That other spiritual side of healing is so part of the full picture and we're all struggling with things as 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 a friend some satish we all three have supported each other through our ebbs and flows and man midlife is a biatch big Mm -hmm. piece of (laughs) pile of stuff i like how he uh, says crap crap. (laughs) michelle and mindy right Yes. yes Uh, so, you know, here is a thing like, you know, we constantly grow, you know, the idea, Michelle, is this, okay? Say, for example, if you believe you are wax, okay, your candle, your wax, a little heat comes near the wax and you will melt and wither away. Yeah, drip. But if you are gold, this gold, when heat comes closer to gold, the gold becomes 14 carat, then 18 carat, then 20 carat, then, you know, 22 carats and so on and so forth. So heat actually Enhances increases it. the value of the gold. So if you mm. carry an idea that you are gold. Yeah, bring on the pressure. <laughs> oh, bring God it on. darn it. I love it. <laughs> Well, you I've are been gold such a to candle us. lately. I know. That's so good. That's like that saying, you know, diamonds, diamonds are made when carbon is put under incredible pressure. Yeah. Right. And so when we are feeling that pressure, remember that, you know, something good can come from it. I heard another proverb that said, um, in boiling water, don't be a carrot. It softens. 
Don't yeah. be an egg. It hardens. Yeah. Be like coffee beans and spread your message throughout the whole water. Yeah. And then that should be a message of what? Love and kindness and friendship. And Satish, through every fabric and bone in your body, that is what you possess. Please, everybody, go to innercosmos.com, innercosmos on Instagram, and follow his message of light yes. and life Namaste. force. You have the life force. And like he said, you are perfect. And you are perfect. You're just not in tune with that. So I just love you so much, Satish. I want to lift you up to the highest mountain. And thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you for helping our friend. Yes. And us. And us. And all of our listeners now. Get out there and know that more than one kind of uh, healing exists. There's medical Western medicine, but there's also a lot of value in uh, lots of it's like you know kind of we combine everything mm -hmm. and we say let us have everything as a supplement and foundationally my strength inner strength i want to have that as my foundation and other than that you know this uh, capsule would help me for my body of course i will take it if this doctor has given me this medicine i will take it but no matter what kind of medicines we take uh, we should not forget that inner strength, you right. know, that inner courage, inner strength. Yeah. So can you, um, before we wrap, can you leave us with a little chant, a prayer, a saying, a blessing, or anything that you can impart upon us as we all? Oh, sure. Let, let's uh, keep our eyes closed, spine straight. It. Okay. Guide if you're you driving, pull over. Yeah, if you're driving, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> pull over if so you're you on can a do job, this with us. Take a break. Okay. Just stop. Okay. So... If you're driving, you know, keep your eyes open, you know, stay focused. You can still listen. But if you are in your home, in the comfort of your couch and so on, uh, just relax, hear this voice, keep your eyes closed and just take some gentle breaths. Breath coming in and the breath going out. Throat, chest, belly. Shoulders relaxed, body is relaxed, breath comes in, breath goes out. As the body is breathing, slow, smooth, relaxed, feel as if you're floating up in the sky, the center of the universe. Billions and trillions of stars surround you. Feel as if your body is just breathing in the light of all these billions of stars. And give yourself a chance to remember you are a star. That is the family you come from. Just breathing this light. Let this light enter your head. Go to your heart. The light is purified in the heart and spreads all over the body. And just breathe this light and feel as if this light has a glow, as if this light spreads out even outside of the body. And no matter what work you do, whether you're sending an email, text, chatting with friends, you know, going shopping, whatever you do, you're carrying this light with you wherever you go. And you see each person you meet them as light as well, because we all are light beings. 
And as you see each person as like beings, feel your feet connected with the earth. So in this moment, feel as if you're breathing the sky full of stars in your body and your feet is totally centered into this earth. So you have the courage to welcome the starlight and you also have the awareness of the earth. You are also connected with the earth and also hugging the rainbow, bringing in all the colors of life and see yourself very, very colorful. So take 10 seconds to go to your homes, to your offices, if you're not in your home or office, and feel you're spreading this love, light, and color to your home and office. And wherever you are, each spaces that you visit, may that space be filled with love, light, and color. And with ocean full of joy in your heart, gently open your eyes. Good morning. Wow. Yeah, Taste that. the rainbow. <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite part. Oh, I love that. I, I totally felt that. Thank that relaxation. You. Thank you so much, Satish. Wonderful, JD. You Wonderful touch us stuff. deeply. Namaste. Thank Namaste. you. Namaste. Thank you. Namaste, Satish. Oh, oh, thank you for joining our. You are now fully you part are, of the Friendsome. You can't get out. You're it's the, like the healer firm. of Friendsome. <laughs> thank you, Mindy. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Such so an honor. We really appreciate you taking care right. of our friend and us too. You can get too. intercosmos.com, intercosmos on Instagram. Satish, thank you so much for being part of Friendsome and Thensome. You're definitely part of the Friendsome family now. <laughs> thank you, my friend. Thank you. Be well. All right. Bye. And to our listeners, Bye. thank Bye. you Bye. for joining us today for another beautiful, spiritual, emotional roller coaster of joy, love, and and enlightenment on today's Friendsome and Thensome. Remember to follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and check out our podcast every Everywhere you get your podcast. Everywhere you get your podcast. Apple, and iTunes, Amazon. New episodes Spreaker. are going to be streaming yeah. every Tuesday at 2 p.m. That's right. And uh, we'll see you next time yep. on Friends Summon and then some. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Namaste, everybody. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you. Bye. Bye.